What's up, everybody? Welcome into Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I am your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer of Dutton Woods Football on 96.9, The Legend. Week one of college football is in the books, and we are going to talk about Alabama, Auburn, and Troy, all double-digit winners on Saturday. Uh, Alabama taking care of Middle Tennessee State, Auburn taking care of UMass, and Troy taking care of Stephen F. Austin. So we'll dive into all of it. We, you will hear quotes and comments from the three head coaches uh, from their post-game press conferences and press conferences throughout the week. And we'll look at their upcoming matchups this weekend. Of course, Troy will be playing at 11 a.m. against Kansas State on the road, going to Manhattan. That'll be an interesting matchup and environment for the Troy Trojans. Alabama will be playing at 6. They'll be hosting Texas, rematch from last year's game where Alabama barely beat Texas 2019. And Auburn is heading out west. They'll be playing at 9.30 against Cal. So we'll talk about their games from last week, and we will talk about their upcoming matchups for this week as well. Before we do that, let you guys know you can find me in a podcast. Find me on social media at PJordanSCC. You listen to the podcast over at the wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. And remember, also the Wiregrass High School Football Report and the Jake Kennedy Coaches Show is also on this feed. So check it out. And also you can email me at sports.philipjordan at gmail.com. So let's jump into it. We're going to go in this order. Auburn, Troy and Alabama, because that's the order those three teams did kick off on Saturday. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. All right, first off, let's start off with Auburn, who had a 59 to 14 win over UMass on Saturday. And we're going in the order we're going in by each team when they played. That's the order here. Again, Auburn beating UMass 59 to 14. And you'll say, okay, they're playing UMass. That's a lesser opponent. They should blow that team out. But it's the way they looked. They looked crisp on offense. They really looked disciplined. Not a lot of penalties. Not a lot of mental errors. Uh, Auburn didn't turn the ball over any. Uh, They took care of the ball. And they did the things you're supposed to do. They went and scored early. They scored on six of their seven first possessions. Now, the first possession that UMass had after Auburn goes up 7-0, they ran the ball pretty well. I am not going to try to pronounce the quarterback's name. They're at UMass. He ran the ball very successfully against Auburn first series. Okay, it's Auburn run defense in trouble because we've heard Hugh Freeze talk about that through all throughout all of fall camp. That okay, we're running the ball well, but does that mean we're a good run team or we can't stop the run? Kind of worried, but then Auburn kind of uh, situated things after that. But Joe Hugh Freeze was asked about, and we have clips in this segment with Hugh Freeze, and they come from ABC 3340 and AL.com, and Hugh Freeze had this to say, uh, what this win, or this game, meant. Well, I told our kids in there, and I mean this, life and life and football and whatever, I think we all fail to celebrate victories too I mean, it's just I, I've made up my mind for the rest of my career, dead gum, and I'm going to enjoy at least for a few hours the fact that our team, our staff found a way to win a football game in college, and they're not easy. I don't care who you play. They're not it's just not easy to, to win football games. And um, so I want to enjoy that, and I want our kids to, and I want them to learn to do that in life with their families and celebrate each other when, when those things happen. And so – We'll, we'll we'll do that. How much can we take away from it? I, we want to know. You know, that's that's what you can take from it. We'll watch the film and 
and learn. But next week's challenge is uh, is a different one, and we've got to win tomorrow, and we've got to win Monday, and we've got to make choices the right way that define us, and we've got to chase the standard that we tried to set, and and see if we can't be prepared to compete again. You know, on a difficult trip, truthfully, next week uh, out to the West Coast. So, um, you know, we'll celebrate tonight. Tomorrow we'll be back at work. Yeah, you know, you look at it, it you win, you're one and oh, and Hugh Free's talking about because a lot of coaches uh will look at the bad, what went wrong. And that was after the game. That was the post game press conference. So obviously Hugh Freeze has not seen the film yet. Uh, he did talk on Monday uh with the media. We'll get into some sound in just a few moments of what he said there. Of course, everybody wanted to look at the quarterbacks. What were the quarterbacks going to do? Peyton Thorne, his first start with Auburn, 10 of 17, 141 and one touchdown. And there were some throws in there. He probably wished he could have got back. Um, you know, he, he was solid. It was a good first outing at quarterback. He's going to need to be better against Cal on Saturday night. And they did do the package with Robbie Ashford, which we talked about, which we figured they would do pretty much every time Auburn got in the red zone. Here comes Robbie Ashford. He had three rushing touchdowns on the day on 51 uh, yards rushing. Now, here's my opinion on this, and you'll hear in a, a quote from Hugh Freeze this week in the uh, press conference, a kind of previewing the week, I guess you would say, preview the game about the two-quarterback system. I'm not against Robbie Ashford coming in from time to time. I am a little bit against him coming in all the time on red zone. I still think Peyton Thorne, he's your quarterback. You need to roll with him. Yes, have a package at times for Robbie Ashford, but not every time. But that's just my take on it. I feel like you're stunning the growth of your quarterback by doing that. But Hugh Freeze was asked on Monday about the quarterbacks. Now, these are actually two clips I'm going to play back-to-back from Hugh Freeze. He kind of starts off talking about Peyton Thorne and what he needs to do and kind of coaching him and all that other stuff. And then he'll jump into some comments about Robbie Ashford. have to make uh, many decisions. So, um, but boy, was he, he – he's really talented and um, vital to our success. Uh, he will have to make some in the future. Um, the, the Peyton just, he had three decisions that were wrong and, and he, I expect more. I expect him not to, to make the ones he made and he knows that, but it played solid. Um, you just would like that decision making to be around a hundred percent on, particularly in the run pass world where he's deciding whether it's a run or pass. Those need to be, those need to be near a hundred percent. You seem to be coaching them pretty hard on the sideline. Was, is that what that was? I'm just, I'm crazy sometimes. But, yeah, I, I get frustrated. I, I don't lie, and I tell them that. Look, but the, here's the deal. I'll play the next play with you now. I ain't, I don't, um, my, look, my love for them doesn't change. Their performance has nothing to do with, with how, I learned this from my father, who's a tough, tough man. But I, I went through a very difficult stretch, and, and my father taught me, listen, I love you. And it's not based on your performance. Um, and and so I, as long as our players know that I think I can coach them hard and they and they see that and they see a consistency and, hey, he don't treat me in different – you know, after the game whether I threw the four touchdowns or three picks, you know, yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I feel like I ought to coach you better and I felt like you ought to play better, but that, that doesn't affect – um, and I think Peyton knows that. And the two, they, there were two things that happened in that same series, and he knew it. And I think he, 
when he missed the first one and I'm yelling and screaming, which I probably he pro- I probably need to. F- I'm figuring out who they are and they're figuring out who I am. Um, I think when I do that to him, he presses a little bit and um, he handed a ball off and the safety triggered so hard and the safety made the hit like one yard in the backfield. So I'm how do you not see that? You know, <laughs> and uh, that ball should be thrown. And so I'm I'm doing with my antics over there, and he probably sees that. And then about two plays later, the darn safety stays as high as he can, and we pull it and throw it. And those are those are the two things that can happen. And he's too intelligent, has too much of an IQ, and he'll get that cleaned up and fixed. And I'll I'll have to I've got to make sure I coach him in a way that is helpful and not uh, and doesn't make him press. Extremely electric. I mean, you yeah, you saw. I mean, as soon as we got down there, we put him in. So that's on the call sheet. So that's a plan. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't something that I just said, Hey, how about let's try Robbie here? It was, it's planned. So, well, I mean, I don't know. I I think every game plan is different. I just think he's super talented. And I think there's a lot of things we can do with him. And I know people are in this world and day and time, you know, you can't play two quarterbacks and well, I don't know. Maybe they're right, but, we're one and zero, and if we go two and zero doing it, we'll keep doing it. If if we if it starts to, you know, but I, I just I think we need them both. But he was, I mean, you see how talented he is down there. So sure, it's always going to be a possibility. Now you got to, you can't be so predictable. But we obviously weren't in game one, and there's not enough tape to get really great data yet on what our tendencies are. So we'll uh, we'll come up with a game plan for Cal. As I've said all along, Robbie will always be a part of our game plan. Yeah, and that last part, being part of the game plan, you pretty much expected that. And there's two different quarterbacks, him, Peyton Thorne and with Robbie Ashford. I just, like I said, I would maybe just like to trust or rely on Peyton Thorne a little bit more in those red zone situations. Let him throw the ball in the end zone. And Now, there was a couple times he went left, I think, most of the time, but they did try to throw off the defense with UMass, and they scored on it uh, going to the other direction. So, And Cal's going to see that, okay, Robbie Asher's coming in, so there's going to come a point, too, you're going to probably put some more throws off those read plays, that package that you've got Robbie Ashford in. So, adventure. we'll see how they do uh, against Cal. Uh, defensively, they played well. Uh, they forced UMass 1-9 on third down. They got pressure on the quarterback. It felt like Donovan Kaufman was in the backfield the entire game. He was constantly getting pressure, uh, particularly up the middle. Uh, they did force two turnovers. Jalen Simpson had an interception and a fumble return for a touchdown. And back on offensively, the team rushed for 289 yards. Jarquez Hunter did not play. And Hugh Freeze was asked about that earlier this week and just really didn't want to talk about it. He said there's a lot of players that are availability may be in question for this Saturday. So we kind of dodge that question and now they are headed uh to cal future acc team now that's just some weird stuff we're not going to get into on here but uh on on monday Hugh freeze was asked about making that trip and then has he ever made a trip like this to the west coast uh the only experience i had was byu which we were from the east coast so that was a it was a long trip but um you know, I, I told our team when I, I taught our, my my lesson for the week this morning with them, and 
Um, that's one of the challenges I have for me is uh, to embrace it because I don't like it. I don't like scheduling teams on the West Coast. I just soon play somebody over here on the East Coast, but it was done. And and so me complaining or not embracing it is not the proper response. And so um, I, I'm, I haven't – the only one I've done is BYU. It was a challenge, and this one is even further and another time zone. Um, so um, I think it creates some some challenges, but this will be a good test for all of us, coaches, training staff, nutritionists, strength staff, support staff, players. How do we handle, you know, if things are a little uncomfortable or it's not exactly the way we want it? And I'm speaking to myself as much as anyone. And you've got to play a really good football team. And uh, at their place, when our body times are 9.30 or 10 at night and we're kicking it off. And so all of that's going to be a challenge. But you know what? That's what life is. And so how we approach it and the attitude we have for the opportunity we have, it ought to be one of gratitude and thankfulness. And we got to suck it up and, and, and fly a long flight. And that's what we got to do. And we get another opportunity to represent this school, our conference, um, and and each other. And so let's let's go make the most of it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how Auburn handles that whole deal. Because, like I said, nine thirty out there, it's seven thirty their time. But that's like you said, a lot of them may be winding down. It used to, if you are playing that late, you're in the fourth quarter. If you're still playing at that nine thirty central time there, so it will be interesting how they handle it. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I think this is a very pivotal game for Auburn. Uh, this game here could really, I would say, make or break their season. But you go out west, you get a win. You're two and zero. You come back and play Sanford, and then after we got to that, you host. You no, know, you go to Texas A&M, which is a place Auburn has had success at since Texas A&M came into the conference back in 2012. Now with uh with Cal, they are coming off a 58 21 victory over North Texas. Uh, Auburn is favored by six and a half points in this game. Like I said, 9:30 kickoff on ESPN. Uh, if you have Spectrum, hopefully uh. ESPN will be back. I had to find other. I'm a Spectrum user, and I had to find other other routes to to li- watch the games this past weekend. Now, Hugh Freeze has talked about their running back over at Cal, Jaden Ott. He ran for 188 yards and two touchdowns. Freeze said we got to stop him. Uh, he's a guy. Freeze said you don't have to do special stuff for him. Just hand on the ball inside zone. Just hand the guy the ball, and he's going to make stuff happen. So Auburn's going to have to really focus in on him. In this one, uh, they only allowed 41 yards rushing against North Texas, 225 total. Uh, they forced North Texas 2 of 11 on third down and three interceptions. So Auburn doesn't need to be turning the ball over. I This is the first time these two have ever played. Like I said, this is last year of Cal. This is last year to beat uh, the Pac-12 overall. We all know this. But this is their last year in that conference. They will be an ACC member next week. Like I said a few minutes ago, doesn't make sense, I know. But that's kind of just how we're going to go with it. Uh, my prediction here, I am going to pick Auburn to win this game. I think they're going to go out with. I think they're just a better team, better athletes, SEC team, playing the Pac-12. I know Pac-12 is really feeling good about themselves right now because they're undefeated. They have not lost a game. They're 13-0 and because USC played it, uh, in week zero. But uh, I believe Auburn will go out to Cal and get a victory and get to 2-0. and All right, now let's look into the Troy Trojans. 
who started their season off with a 48 to 30 win over Stephen F. Austin on Saturday. Game where they honored NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer Demarcus Ware, too, one of the greatest players in Troy football history. This is the 12th straight win for the Trojans as well. Uh, but coming out of this, uh, Troy was up 24 to 3 early on in the game. I actually was watching the game. It was after the Auburn game went off. I said, you know, let me go grab a bite to eat. So I went out in the car. I was listening to the game on the radio, the legendary voice, Barry McKnight. And uh, like I said, Troy was up 24 to 3. They're cruising. And then, so I, I, you know, I get back. I start watching something else. I flip back over. Then all of a sudden, Stephen F. Austin has come back. It's 24 to 20. Now, Gutter Watson would throw a touchdown pass late there in the second quarter to put Troy up 31 20. I'm like, whoa, what's happening? And they did, they, they, they let him come back. There were some four turnovers for Troy. They kind of got sloppy with the ball. It was a record breaking day for Troy uh, with running back Kamani Vidal rushing for 248 yards, uh, school record for most yards in the game, uh, 200 plus yards for three out of the last five games dating back to last season. Uh, speaking of Gunnar Watson, uh, he was 14 of 22, 198, uh, four touchdowns in the game. Uh, defense played well. Uh, they didn't really give up many yards under 250 uh, to Stephen F. Austin. But there was some stuff in there, obviously, that Coach John Sumrall was not happy about. And he talked about it after the game. And, by the way, all the clips from John Sumrall in this segment come from the Troy Trojans YouTube channel. Never going to apologize for a win. Need to play a whole lot cleaner if we're going to reach our goals. That wasn't um, what it needed to be in certain spots, uh, the second quarter in particular. Um, really proud of Kamani Vidal. Uh, what a what a day by him. You know, the set school rushing record in a place like this. Um, very impressive. A lot of those runs he made, uh, we had unblocked free hitters that were, um, you know, could have been TFLs. And next thing you know, he's ripping off uh, 8, 10, 12-yard gains. So really happy for him. Not surprised at all. He's probably the hardest working guy in our program. So guys that work as hard as he does and are very talented usually um, play really well. And so happy for him. Uh, a lot of things we got to clean up. Um, we, uh, we didn't protect the football. We had four turnovers. That's not going to win very many football games. Defensively, I thought we tackled really sloppily um, and, and just didn't finish the right way. Uh, and um, a lot to improve upon. So, um, it's going to come at us fast. We got Kansas State next. If we play like we did today against Kansas State, um, we will be exposed, and it will not feel very good. So we better get get better real fast. Yeah, going into this game, uh, Kansas State's a really good team. They're ranked 15th in the country. This will be 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox Sports 1. Kansas State, they are a 16-and-a-half point favorite. They returned a lot from last year. This is the defending Big 12 champ because a lot of people remember, oh, yeah, TCU was in the national championship game. They played against Georgia. But TCU did not win the Big 12 championship last year. They got beat in the Big 12 championship game by Kansas State but still were able to make it into the uh, the playoff and then get to the national championship game by upsetting uh, Michigan. They returned a quarterback, Will Howard. He threw 297, two touchdowns in their win on Saturday against Southeast Missouri, where they won 45-0. to zero. Um, They were replaced running back Deuce Vaughn. Uh, DJ Giddens had 128 on Saturday, and they did have a transfer coming in 
It uh, Florida State transfer Treshawn Ward. All the offense linemen return. They do have to replace some defensive players, so maybe that's where Troy can maybe uh, hit some spots against uh, this Kansas State team. But on Monday, uh, Coach John Sumrall opened up and he talked about uh, the challenge of playing Kansas State. Turn the page to Kansas State. Man, top 20 team. Uh, they look like it. They're big. They're physical. They're extremely well coached. Chris Klein, their head coach, has won, you know, won four national titles as the head coach at North Dakota State, four and five years, I believe. Um, they're a really quality outfit, man. They're, they're well coached. Like I said, their O-line has all five guys returning starters, um, and they look like it. I mean, they're, they're a real bona fide FBS Power 5 offensive line. Um, and and very detailed in how they do things. Their quarterback's a good player. They got good skill around him. Their backs are good. Defensively, they present challenges. They're unique with what they do on both sides of the ball. They're sound in the kicking game. Number eight's their primary returner for punts and kickoffs. Uh, he's a weapon. I think he's returned three or four on punt return in his career. Um, so a lot, lot to get ready for. Um if we don't play a lot better, it, it will be a blowout against us. Um, this is a, a legitimate top 20 football team, um, and we've got a tremendous challenge and also a tremendous opportunity in front of us. Excited about it. If our guys aren't excited about getting ready for this game this week, then we've got a problem. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. I know I will be tuned in on Saturday. This is the game I'm looking forward to of the early window. Uh, games on Saturday. I don't really know what I'm going to watch at 2.30 since Auburn's playing at 9.30 on Saturday night. Um, a lot of coffee will be involved, I have a feeling, on Saturday to kind of get through that because, uh, uh, yeah, cover Auburn uh, for a website that also at the same time. So I'll be doing that, doing this for here and just keeping up what's going on. So late night for me that night. But back on Troy, look, they have a history of upsets in these kind of games. Uh, we've seen what they've done. They've gone to Baton Rouge and beat LSU before, beat Nebraska. I mean, they hang with the big boys. Uh, this That's what this team does. So would it shock me if Troy hangs around and makes a game like this? No, I don't. I, I think they're going to come in there with the right mindset. They know they can't turn the ball over. they got to take care of the ball. I think John Sermall is going to get that message across this week. But with that said, I think Kansas State wins this game. Now, Kansas State, as I said, is favored by 16 and a half. I don't think they win that, that much. I think it's under 10 points. Uh, but I think Troy does make this a competitive contest because, once again, I want to see Kansas State defensively where they at with the players they had replaced. But, yeah, um, I'm sorry, everybody. I know everybody's going to be disappointed in me. But I'm going to go with Kansas State to win this one. All right, finally now we're going to talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide who beat Middle Tennessee State 56-7. Saturday night on the SEC Network. And, look, we all know what we were wanting to know about this game. Who is going to be quarterback? Which late last week it was announced that Jalen Miro would start this game. Now, we know what Nick Saban has said going in, just because such and such starts first game doesn't mean that's the end of it. And going into this weekend against Texas really could be a determining factor. Miro struggles. Buckner comes in or Simpson comes in. They light it up. That guy could very well be the quarterback next week when they travel to play South Florida. So it's going to be very interesting how that goes. Miro played really well, though. 13 of 18, 194, three passing touchdowns, 48 yards rushing, and two rushing touchdowns. The first touchdown of the game, it was a tremendous – it was a highlight of the weekend, one of the highlights of the weekend. Uh, bad snap, 
caught it, uh, ran 21 yards with it uh, to score a touchdown. I mean, he had to go back a good ways because of the bad snap. Just you had to go look it up. I'm not doing it any justice by describing it. Go look it up on YouTube. Uh, it was pretty cool to see. Uh, Tyler Buckner got in late in the game, 3 of 5 for 27 yards, and Ty Simpson was 1 for 1 and uh, 5 yards. The team overall had 205 rushing yards. I think that's going to be a trend for Alabama. I don't think you're going to see like one guy just dominate with the run game unless just somebody just really catches fire. Uh, if someone does, I think it'll be Justice Haynes because if he just shows out and just takes over the role, maybe. But if it stays with Rodell Williams and Jace McKellen, I think that it would kind of be like a committee or different guys you'll see. Uh, but Nick Saban, of course, uh, was asked about Jalen Miro and how he played after the game. And this is what he said. And by the way, all the clips from Nick Saban come from ABC 3340. That's out of Birmingham and AL.com. I think Jalen did a good job. I think he's had a good fall camp. I thought he played well in both scrimmages. Uh, I think he's more confident, uh, doing a good job in the passing game. His athleticism helps him. You know, I mean, we score a touchdown on a fumbled snap, which wasn't his fault. You know, the center ball slipped out of his hand and rolled back, picks it up and runs it for a touchdown. You know, he's a threat to, you know, pull the ball in his own plays, which he scored a touchdown on that. So, uh, and I thought he threw the ball effectively. So I thought he played well. You know, there was one play early in the game where they were on Sonic Field Blitz, which, you know, we were supposed to check out of the play. We, we didn't get it checked. Um, so there's always things like that that you could do a little bit better. But I think that experience is basically an accumulation of things that you learn from the mistakes that you make. That's what experience is. And, and I think as he continues to develop and gain experience, um, you know, he's going to play better and better. But I thought he played well tonight. He did. He did play well. And like I said, we're just going to see how this goes. If he plays well against Texas, balls out, man, this guy's your quarterback. It is what he brings. I mean, Tyler Butner has running ability. We saw that in Notre Dame. And we know Ty Simpson is more your traditional drop-back passer. He's probably the best passer of the three. But what Jay Lamiro can do, he, he he is a more explosive version of Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, when I watch him play. He's got a can of an arm. Now, last year when he played, he didn't always see the accuracy. Now, he did have the turnover issues last year against a &M. We'll see if he has that feature. We'll see this Saturday night when they do play Texas. Um, at wide receiver for Alabama, uh, they had three different players catch touchdown passes. Isaiah Bond had a good day, five catches for 76 yards and one touchdown. Jermaine Burton had a touchdown as well. Uh, the defense, uh, 211 yards allowed for two forced turnovers. And kind of hard to point out certain players standing out. I mean, players did. Players played well. And it's the case for Auburn and Troy as well. But, look, the games they're playing, blowout wins, kind of hard to gauge a lot of things. Uh, but that's kind of like what you saw in that one with Alabama. And now they head into Texas. Of course, this is a team they played last year. Uh, they beat them 20-19 to 19 in a very close game. Of course, next year Texas will be in the SEC. So this is a future matchup of SEC opponents. Steve Sarkeesian, a former Saban assistant. He was the office coordinator back in 2020. When Alabama won a national championship with Mac Jones uh, starting at quarterback. And uh, this team beat Rice 37 to 10 last week. Again, this is a six o'clock kickoff. 
ESPN on Saturday night. Alabama comes in this game as a seven-point favorite. Quarterback Quinn Ewers, that was a big story last year's game because, and I've said it, I've never held back. You got to wonder if Quinn Ewers plays the whole game as Alabama last year, does Texas upset Alabama? I honestly think they do because um, Alabama just shot themselves in the foot time and time again in Austin last year. So you've got him coming in now. Texas is replacing all everything running back B. John Robinson, who's now in the NFL. But they tremendous receivers, uh, one in Xavier Worthy, and they bring in Georgia transfer Eddie Mitchell. They have really one of the better linebackers, and maybe one of the better linebackers you haven't heard of in Jalen Ford there at Texas. So Texas has plenty of talent. Uh, Quinn Ewers last week was 19-30, 260, three touchdowns. I'm not going to say Texas played bad last week. I just don't think they did. But almost felt like they were sleepwalking a little bit, like they knew they were going to beat Rice. So, And maybe they were hiding stuff. Like, say, hey, we're not going to show anything here. We're not going to give Alabama any ammunition. And Nick Saban was asked about uh, last year's game and how that could apply uh, to this year's game. Looking at what a team does technically, and it's always most interesting to see you know, what was their philosophy of what they did technically to whether it was play defense against you or attack you offensively or what they did on special teams. So I think you use that information as a history of maybe what you might see again and other things that they did periodically, you know, that changed. So I, I don't think you look back on a game from a psychological standpoint as much as you do a technical standpoint. Yeah, of course, you're going to use things, but they're going to use things different. Alabama's going to be different, too, as well. So you use stuff. You try to get some education off of it, but you also look at other things uh, when it comes to that. So uh, who's my pick? And another thing with the game, Alabama, secondary issues, maybe. I mean, you got Kool-Aid McKinstry. He's okay, but Malachi Moore, that's one player who they say said his day-to-day. So we'll see. We'll see if that impacts the Alabama secondary against the Texas receivers on Saturday night. So who am I picking? I have gone back and forth on this one, and I could really get caught in a moment from last week. I'm going to pick Texas. I think Texas is going to win. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a great game. It's going to come down to the wire at the very end. But I think Quinn Ewers stays upright the whole game. I think Texas will upset Alabama. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Once again, thank you for making this show a part of your day. Uh, remember, you can check the show out over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcast. And please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. Remember, you can follow me on social media at pjordansec. You can always email me at sports.fieldjordan at gmail.com. Remember to check out the Dothan Wolves this Friday night at 645 when uh, we do a pregame show. They are hosting the Auburn High Tigers, a big game there. Check that out. Check out the Jed Kennedy Coaches Show, 8 o'clock on Thursdays on 96.9 Legend as well. And if you missed the show, you can check out the podcast on this feed here at Wiregrass Daily News Sports. And also go check out the Wiregrass High School Football Report. No coach this week on the show, but I did jump into all the games from this past week in high school football. So please go and check it out. Anyways, guys, hope you have a great rest of your week. Until next time, bye-bye.